Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. If you're here and you're listening and you haven't given your life to the Lord yet, that God could care less about anything from you. We wouldn't want any of your stuff or any of your money. God's always his first concern is for you. He wants you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to receive you. He wants to save you. Um, the relationship we have with the Lord, he's always, he's the initiator. God moves first. You need me. God, lo- The Bible says God loved me when I was still in my sins, when I wasn't thinking about him. The Bible says we love him because he first, what? Loved us. In today's message, Pastor Bill will remind you that if you aren't in a relationship with Jesus Christ, he doesn't want to get to know you so that you can give him your money. God doesn't need your money. God doesn't need money from anyone. He can do whatever he wants with or without money. But he chooses to allow us to have a part in the work of the kingdom through our giving. Giving comes second to knowing the Lord of hosts and the one who gave his life for the sins of the world. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 as he continues his message, The Grace of Giving. Generosity out of out of a willing heart. So they did above and beyond. They went beyond what they were even able to do. And something really important, it says in verse three, it says that um, they went beyond their ability. It says they were freely willing. And when it comes to giving, that's the way God wants it to be. God doesn't want it to be out of constraint or pressure or manipulation. Uh, God wants our giving to be free will. And um, that's another difference from, you know, if, if I stood here and told you, if you don't give so much X amount, you're going to be cursed with a curse. You might be like, well, I'm, I don't really want to give it, but I don't want that curse. So I'm going to go ahead and give it. That's not really free will. That's out of kind of you've been manipulated in a sense. God wants our giving to be something that's done free, free will. And that is it's like part of worship. Um, best way I can illustrate it. You know, when I was going to school, um, like most kids, I don't know. I can't speak for all kids. Maybe some kids love school. I didn't like school. So I didn't like to get up. So that was my mother's job every day. Get up, Billy. It's time to get up. Get your clothes. Get your ass. Clean your face. I ain't clothes. Like she had to she had to be on me to get up and get because if I could lag, if I could get laid, if I could <clears throat> if I could sneeze, you know, and not go or whatever, I was going to get out of it if I could. You know, it was her burden to get me going. But I remember every once in a while there'd be a, a field trip. And I remember we had a day we had a, a, a magic mountain trip for school. And did she have to wake me up? No, no sir. <laughs> I was up. Clothes was ironed the night before. Outfit was picked out. Everything matched. I was out the door on the bus before she probably woke up to think about getting me. She didn't have to do anything. I was, my own motivation had me out the door, dressed up, ready to go. I couldn't wait to get there. I was early. Um, meet my friends, get some candy and be ready for the bus or whatever. And it, that's a big difference. You know, when it's like, go, come on, get, get, get up. God doesn't want to be behind you with this giving thing like, come on, you need to do more, do better. God's like, I want you to grow to a place where you understand my goodness, my grace, my mercy, my provision, my blessing upon your life. And it'd be something that you just up and at it on your own. That's how he would want it to be. And so this group here, they were freely willing for you guys have been doing the Bible. We're in Leviticus now, but before Leviticus, we were in Exodus. And toward the end of Exodus, if you're writing notes, write down Exodus chapter 35 and 36. We don't have time to go to it, but in Exodus 35 and 36, Moses was told by God uh, he had been given all the things necessary for the building of the tabernacle, all the all the things that they were that God required. And then God told him that hey, I want you to take an offering from the people. 
Tell the people all things that are needed and let them give. And when you read through Exodus 35 and 36, there's a phrase we see over and over again. It says, all those who had a willing heart, all those whose hearts were stirred, but you see the willing heart, they brought the materials that were necessary. They didn't go bothering people whose hearts weren't willing, whose hearts weren't stirred, who didn't get it. But all those whose hearts were willing brought materials. And as you get to chapter 36, they brought so much that what did Moses do? Might know. Moses had to tell them, stop, y'all giving too much. You know, like we have more than enough to do what God gave us to do. Um, that the giving was so generous and so free willed. This is just the people that were willing to do so. I believe that that's what pleases God's heart when we're able to serve, we're able to give, we're able to move out of a place where, God, I'm freely willing to do this. It's a blessing to me to be a part of it. And that's how the that's how the Macedonians were, were giving. Um, just to note, uh, the churches in Macedonia, um, they would have been from it's a place of northern Greece. So it would have been the church of Philippi and also the church of Thessalonica. Y'all know Thesso, Thesso, yeah. <laughs> Thessalonica. Huh. All right. The, 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 uh, before Timothy, that, that church. So those are the churches that would have been around that area that were, that were giving in, in this way. And so look at verse four now. It says, they were imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They were having to, you know, basically insist that they would take the gift. Um, it, it looks like maybe because they were, uh, you know, a struggling area, they were also in poverty. They were like, no, you guys, it's all right. They were insisting. They, it said that they were imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift. And it says, and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints. And one thing here that, you know, they were insisting they wanted to give it. I already said you earlier, you don't turn. You don't tell someone that doesn't have much they, they can't participate in giving. You let them um, because it's from their heart and you don't want to rob them of it. I was listening to, uh, ah, man, uh, it's a pastor in Philadelphia. And uh, he said years ago, way back, you know, it may have been the 80s or 90s. They had they were building a building and you know people were giving and they were they were you know, they were just praying and believing God, trusting God for his, you know, building it as they could. And they said a lady came up. And she had a guitar. She said she was a hippie lady and she had a guitar and um, something else, something, some minor thing. And he said, she said, I want to give these things and I want you to sell them and put it toward the building. And he said they started to tell her, no, you know, and, and she was like, no, this is God put this on my heart. I'm giving this. I want this to go towards it. And so he said, I, I couldn't rob her of that. That was God had moved upon her heart. He said the guitar was beat up. It probably wasn't going to be murph very much, but she had purpose in her heart to give it. We couldn't we couldn't rob her of of that, you know. Um, and so, again, they, there's a as you look at the last part of verse four, it says um, they, they, they you know implored us that we would with urgency that we would receive the gift. It says and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And there, there is a fellowship, you know, when, when you get a group of people that are all we're all serving towards one end or we're all giving towards something when you give towards something your your heart is attached to that thing you know when you when people have you know given their resources given their their own effort and time into something it your heart becomes attached to it the bible says that where your treasure is what there your heart will be also 
And that's an important thing because if none of my treasure is wrapped up in God's stuff, that my treasure, where's my treasure at? You know, what's my heart attached to? Where is my treasure? Is my treasure in a garage? Is my treasure in a in a in a location? Is my treasure is my tre- is any of my treasure wrapped up in the things of God? Is that what my heart cares about? Am I into that? Um, that's that's Matthew and 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 I'll come to that in just a minute. So, um, you know, both of these things they did they 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 gave them their heart was attached to what they were doing. That's Matthew six twenty one where it says where our, where our heart is where our treasure is that that's where our heart will be. Also, and that's something for us to consider. You know, is any of my heart wrapped up in the things of God? Do I have I participated in giving to the work and serving in the work in a way that I even care about the work? Um, or is my heart wrapped up in other stuff? There should be. Um, we should be careful not to live this life and all our treasure being things that don't even matter. Um, and that's how some people live. Some people's treasure is all wrapped up in things that God's like, I don't care about that. Um, I try to be careful about that, you know. Um, the Bible doesn't make you, the Bible wouldn't make me feel bad about having some things, but the Bible would condemn things having me. You guys know the difference? Um, there are people that can, somebody can have a car. I got a car, you know, I got a car. Y'all got cars? We got a car. We drove here, right? But some people's cars have them. Some people's cars that dictate to them what they do and where they go. I got a friend, I won't point him out. He's here today. But at one point in time, <clears throat> When he wasn't doing as well with Jesus as he is now, he had a car. He says he went out on a Sunday morning and he was just going to wipe it a little bit before he went to church and then go to church shining with his rims on his whatever beam or whatever it was. And he says he started wiping. He says, and, and lo and behold, as he looked up and I don't know how much time had gone by, the car was probably lit, shining, huh, Clint? <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, missed service, missed everything. He tells that story himself. I know he don't mind. So, but he said he just got out there and, and then, uh, you know, the Lord took that thing away. It had him, you know. You don't want to let your things have you. You can have some things, right? But don't let them have you. Don't let them be the thing to control what you do and, and what you don't do. Um, be careful about that because God died to have you and he should have all of you. Amen. And so um, moving on to verse, look at verse five, it says, and not only as we had hoped, <clears throat> but they first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. And I thought this was really important before they gave of their stuff. Paul says they first gave themselves. They gave themselves to the Lord. And I would say this. If you're here and you're listening and you haven't given your life to the Lord yet, that God could care less about anything from you. We wouldn't want any of your stuff or any of your money. God's always his first concern is for you. He wants you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to receive you. He wants to save you. Um, The relationship we have with the Lord, he's always he's the initiator. God moves first. You need me. God. The Bible says God loved me. When I was still in my sins, when I wasn't thinking about him, the Bible says we love him because he first what loved us. And so I'm always responding to God's. OK, I'm like, is that us? That's, that's out there. My goodness. <laughs> I had a sound system like that one day had me. So. Uh, so I got rid of it now. So um, I lost my thing now. OK. <laughs> Verse what was that verse five? Yeah, they gave themselves. And so I was saying to you guys, anyone here that's not yet saved, that God would have you first. Um, he would have relationship with you. He would save you. It's, it always it, everything begins. Everything begins with me receiving God's grace, his forgiveness, his mercy, 
before anything's ever required, before God is ever looking for anything out of my life, uh, first I have to be a recipient. And if you're here and you're not saved, then we're not really, this isn't even talking to you. This is this, I'm speaking to believers. This is God's expectation in the life of believers that those that have received this grace, it will flow through us. If you haven't, then please don't leave here like that today because God loves you and has made a provision for you, died on the cross in your place for your sins and you could be saved and you could be forgiven. And it's more important that you receive that then you give anything. Um, that's where everything begins in our relationship with the Lord. And so it says that they gave themselves first to the Lord. And then it says they gave themselves to us by the will of God. And I want you to consider what that means. It's the first they gave themselves to the Lord. Then it says these believers gave themselves to us. Right. They were they were they, they were connected with they became part of us. They they jumped in the battle with us. We were given to one another. Um I believe that's the kind of fellowship God would want Christians to have together. We're just we're given to each other. We genuinely care about the state of one another and how one another are doing and, and you know, what's available and what's not available. So they, they gave themselves to the Lord. Then they gave themselves to us. And then it says, by the will of God, it was God's will that they did that. I, I thought of this in, um, in all of the Gospels. When Jesus would go to someone and say, hey, come follow me. They would come follow him. Matthew came and followed him. James and John came and followed him. Peter and Andrew came and followed him. But he went to one guy um, in Matthew 19. You can write it down. Verses 16 to 22. And this guy asked Jesus a question about eternal life. And Jesus said, hey, you know the commandments. Um, and he said, oh, I've been keeping the commandments since my youth. And Jesus said, you still lack one thing. This was a guy who had a lot of possessions, but also his possessions had him. And Jesus said, I want you to go take all that you have and sell it and then give it to the poor and then come follow me. And it says that he went away very sorrowful because he had a lot of possessions. And there was a guy that couldn't or he wouldn't follow the Lord or he couldn't follow the Lord because he was wrapped up. His stuff had him and he wasn't able to let he wasn't willing to let those things go and follow the Lord. And so he's the one guy in all the gospel where Jesus said, come follow me. And he was like, I can't I love my stuff too much. And if, if, if following you means giving up this, I can't do it. And this is why I bring that up. If anybody here has something that you love so much that you wouldn't give it up. Uh, there's a, if, you possess a, if you possess a thing that if God said, I want you to get rid of that. And you wouldn't give it up. Um, I would challenge that. I think we should be able to, I think we should be freely able to just let go of stuff that it shouldn't have us. Um, and if you ever find that something is beginning to have you, get rid of it. Um, I've had to do that as a Christian. Uh, there have been times in my walk with the Lord uh, where I realized, man, this thing is out, this is out of control in my life. I probably need to let it go. Uh, some of you guys have heard about my fish tank. I used to have a saltwater reef aquarium. Um, it took up a whole wall length in my living room. And every every Thursday when I got paid, Friday I would be at the fish store buying me extra pieces of reef, buying me fish. Saltwater tanks, if you guys don't know, cost a lot. So I was invested. It was that on my wall was thousands of dollars of of investment. And I spent time every weekend. I, I, I cleaned a little bit of the water and I cleaned up the glass. And this is what I started doing because it was when I realized how much time I was spending on it. I was like, well, you know, it's 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 the, I'm, it's 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 the creation of God. You know, I try to get spiritual with it. And I'm like, you know, I'm learning about the creation of God. I was buying books to learn what things in the reef could live together and, and you know, coexist and what things couldn't. And, you know, you had your tank janitor. So I had a whole I knew what snails and crabs to get. To, they would clean the tank for you and have to clean it up all the time. And I'm learning all this stuff that don't matter to God at all. And I remember one day this was the kicker. I went to the 
whenever I go to the bathroom, forgive me, but that's my Bible time. And I would always take my Bible or be in the bathroom reading. And this particular time, I left my Bible outside and I had that book, my reef book. And I was in there reading the reef book. And my wife, smooth as pot, she walked in, she just cracked the door, didn't even look at me, slid my Bible in. <laughs> and then shut the door. And when she went out, I was like, that's it, that's it, that's it. I, I, I put it up on Craigslist that, that day, and I was like, that's it. I, I, I'm, I, I am overdoing this right now. I'm, this is Bible time. She knows it, I know it. Never had to say a word. It was like, I have let this become too much. And I, I went ahead and sold it to somebody and got robbed and it was gone and, and God was glorified in my life once again. So, you know, if you find that something has you too much, let it go. I don't miss the fish tank now. I'm actually glad to not have that chore every week. You know, uh, it had me. And don't let something have you. If you find that, man, this, I like this thing too much. Let it go. Let it go and let God have you because God deserves to have all of you to himself. Amen. Verse six, it says, so we urge Titus that he um, that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. And, you know, Titus had, you know, they, they had talked about the Corinthian church had committed to give a year earlier and a year later. They haven't made good on what they said they were going to do. And so that's why Paul is having to, you know, he's he speaking. He said, hey, you guys committed to do this and you guys haven't done it. Titus you know, a year earlier had brought this to you guys. And, they, and, and I've got to point this out. He'll say it in the next verse. While the Corinthians had a lot of the things that Paul gave them corrections about in 1 Corinthians, we'll see in verse 7 that he commends them on these very same things. They've grown in a lot of other areas of God's grace, but they haven't excelled in this grace of giving. And if you write notes, just write down 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Um, I just want to read it to us. It gives us a, a little bit of a um, somewhat of an outline for how giving should go or the, the, the giving in, in church setting it says now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given orders to the churches of Galatia. So you must do also uh, on the first day of the week. So giving should be regular. Let each one of you lay aside something or lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. So it's done regularly. It's something that's done before you get there. Um, and it's as God has blessed you according to what God has given you, um, that there may be no collection when I come. Paul said, when I get there, I don't want to, I'm not going to come beg you guys when I get there. It should already be ready to go when I come. Um, and, and I would say that that's how giving in a church setting should be. Um, you shouldn't decide to give more after I get here or Clint comes up and we say, you know, we make you feel bad. It should be something that you prayed about at home. God led you at home and you got here with what you prepared to do as an act of worship to the Lord. That's really how God would want it to go. And so, again, uh, as we wrap this up, Paul is urging them to keep the commitment that they have made. Verse seven. But as you abound in everything and he lists these things that they abounded in, he says, you, you abound in faith in speech in knowledge in all diligence and in your love for us. He says, see that you also abound in this grace. Also, the grace of giving. He said, you guys, you guys are doing great in the area of faith. You guys believe God, radical church. They're doing better than they were in First Corinthians. They have grown. He says, you guys abound in speech. 
And uh, we believe that there was their speech was, you know, they, they believed in the gift. They were speaking God's word. There may have been prophetic speech, but they were speaking. And he said he was acknowledging that that grace, the, the grace of knowledge. You guys are abounding in knowledge. Um, you guys are abounding in all diligence. You guys are a diligent church and you guys are abounding in your love for us. It's a loving church, right? First Corinthians, they weren't doing good in love. They were being challenged. First Corinthians 13 was to fix that. Um, they weren't excelling in all the other gifts or graces. They were using them in a selfish way. He says, you guys are doing really great in all these other areas. He said, but see that you abound in this grace also, the grace of giving. Um, all those things are great, but you need to do well here as well. And so for many of us, maybe there are areas where you say, I'm doing great in this area of my walk with the Lord. Maybe you do faithfully give. So this would, you know, this this is one of those things where, like any other Bible study, you know, if you, you hear a study about something that you're already doing, you know, um, it would just affirm you, confirm you that you're doing the right thing. If you read something in the word, you're like, man, I'm not really abounding there. I'm not really there. Then it should convict you, challenge you that you could make the adjustments necessary. And so they abounded in all these other things. Lisa, I want you to abound in this grace. And I would challenge us as a as a group that we would consider um this part of our relationship with the Lord, you know, do I, do I understand God's heart for what I've received, what he blesses my life with and how I'm to be a, a, a vessel, a conduit of God's blessing, how it should flow, not just to me, but it should also flow through me. And uh, we'll have, you know, next two weeks, we'll have more to say on these things as we continue through chapter eight and then chapter nine and wrapping it up. I got eight things. And so you guys could just listen to them, write them down. Uh, number one, <clears throat> giving is a grace. Um, it's a grace of God. God enables us to be able to give, uh, to have something to give, and then to be our, our willingness to give. And giving is a grace. Um, number two, not having much shouldn't keep us from giving. And we saw examples of that, that the Macedonian church were impoverished themselves, but it didn't keep them from participating and being generous givers. Number three, God measures giving not by how much we give, but by how much it costs us. Uh, as we look at the widow's mite and Jesus pointing her out, um, she gave very little monetarily, but she gave the most in terms of she gave everything that she had. And so it's not the amount, but it's what it cost me. Number four, God doesn't want God doesn't want us to be guilted into giving. Um, we need to grow to be freely willing. So God doesn't want our giving to be by compulsion or by pressure or by human manipulation. Um, but it's to be something that we do as an act of worship, that we're freely willing. Um, and we, we want to grow to the place where we can be freely willing to give. That it's not something that man has manipulated you into. Number five, uh, where I put my treasure is where my heart is. And so I need a, we all need to check ourselves and make sure that our treasure is not, again, out in the garage or, you know, out somewhere else. But our treasure is, is in the things that matter to the Lord. That's where our heart will be. Number five, God's first concern is that we give ourselves to him. And so, again, if you haven't given yourself to the Lord, um, then you can forget everything else about stuff. God wants you. Uh, that's his primary concern. Number seven, uh, we want to abound in all the graces of God and giving is one of them. Uh, so as we looked at in first Corinthians, looked at the gifts and all those things, we want to abound in those things. Uh, we also want to abound in this grace. And then lastly, um, we must be aware of God's grace towards us so that um, in the same way we allow his grace to flow to us, that we'd also allow it to flow through us. Um, I can't ever I won't do any of this stuff right. I won't serve right. I won't live right. If 
I don't understand that I'm, I'm, I've received everything I have. Um, I won't use my gifts right if I think somehow I earned them or I deserve them. When I realize that God's bestowed it upon me and, and I don't deserve it, um, that it's a privilege for me to use my gifts for his glory. The same thing with my resources. And so uh, I need to be aware of God's grace in my life first so that as it flows to me, it also can be flowing through my life. You've been listening to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. Today's message from the book of 2 Corinthians is available to listen to again on our website. Just visit calvaryinglewood.org and click on teachings. Otherwise, you can download our mobile app to listen to more messages. Search for Calvary Chapel Inglewood in your app store. If you're looking for a place to connect this weekend, we'd love for you to join us for church. Look on our website for the latest information on service times and locations. We're a group of people who love to learn from God's Word and be together as the family of God. Again, our website is calvaryinglewood.org. As we looked into the book of 2 Corinthians, has it caused you to think about whether you honor your leaders? It's clear in this book that Paul felt disrespected as a leader, and there were some who did not make it a joy for him to serve in leading them. God calls us to honor and respect the leaders God has put in place. Supporting those that God has positioned over you to shepherd you can bring about a great sense of godly unity. In fact, think about sending an encouraging note or message to those who are in a leading or shepherding position in your life. If you've noticed that this ministry has been a blessing to you, we're glad that we can be a part of that. Would you be praying for a transforming word? As the message goes out, many listeners may be hearing about the Lord for the very first time. Pray for open ears, soft hearts, and changed lives. Thanks for your support of a transforming word.